You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kipolevich. And I'm Kalman Warch. Uh, Kalman, I guess it's time to put to bed uh, this season, um, this shortened season. I see Disney Plus, they... They they put out eight episodes and like you know that's it you know so one division goes in eight and um, I think Loki is going in eight so we might as well say the Chavrusa I think we've had ten I don't know how many we've had uh, this is our tenth class our although, tenth. Uh, all right so I wouldn't put myself in the same class with the um, the Disney and it, all of its affiliates okay well whatever it is you know it sounds like the way binges are going these days. Eight or ten seems to be a good number. So, uh, in, in honor of the Esther Spheres, uh, in terms of Esther Spheres Belima, <laughs> like the Sefer here it says Belima. Uh, let's we're going to put a, a sort of like a you know uh, we'll go into hibernation for a couple of weeks here. Uh, but just like I think last time when we did this, uh, we had our mailbag uh, where we actually had you speaking, meeting the Oilam. Uh, and uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, I think people enjoy uh, the Kalman Warch of Rom Kivalevich Tetate and conversation. Uh, they get to see you in a different format than they usually do. And, you know, you have to think on your feet and you have to argue personally about what you believe in. And a little bit different than, I think, giving a, a lecture and a TED Talk and presenting a text. So I think there is a reason. Right. I mean, anytime you've got, you throw something into a class where uh, someone else has the ability to adjust your dynamic, you know, you, you have to have to really uh, process things differently. So, but that's part of being a chavrusa, right? Uh, I don't need Tanya the Messiah. I don't need someone to, to just agree with me all the time, right? What would be the point of that? Right. And I think the people should know that the way you get into the Zoom is by typing in Lakisha. <laughs> which of course uh, is really the Gemara that you just referenced that uh, Rabbi Yechanan was um, desirous after Rish Lokish's death he didn't, as great as Rabbi Lozer was he wanted someone who was able to challenge him and, and you're correct you know when we give classes and listen there are a lot of questions that knock us for a loop sometimes but we still believe that we're in charge in terms of of of, of getting the information out and, and, and oh you know we were able to tap dance around or maybe answer interestingly or maybe even extend the point but there is something about this dynamic of conversation and uh that i guess is freewheeling in some ways but also um you're never sure where it's going to go and i think that's oh, so let's that, dive right in do you want okay. to so good. So, um, well, well, here we have some people who have, uh, uh, I think one of the, the programs that, as you know, actually got a lot of response was our program on Memorial Day, which was really not, which was more than Memorial Day. I was arguing uh, there that there should be a, a greater understanding and affinity and actually showing uh, on the part of religious schools and people in their own mind, uh, even more so than the average American, what does it mean? What is July 4th and Memorial Day? And what do the national holidays of the United States mean? I guess now I have to add June, Juneteenth as well as one of the ones that probably is going to need a more of an understanding. And I'm not, a, I'm not upset about that. And, and I, was, I was telling, what I was saying was that there should be um, a, 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 a greater consciousness and a greater show of patriotism and connection to the American ideals. 
perhaps even beyond what the typical American would do. And the lack of that has generated, I think, bad citizenship and a lot of aspects of Chil Hashem that we both bemoaned. That was my position. And your position, I think you'll agree, was that... Well, I can, I can state my own position. You state your own position there. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I basically, what, what I was saying was that, uh, number one, we don't have to be more patriotic than the rest of the United States. And, uh, and, and even there, United States is not our country. It's not, it's not our true home. And so you have to limit the amount that you define yourself by it. Uh, on the other hand, you have to have an exceptional amount of gratitude and appreciation for what the United States stands for and all that it does, not just for us, but for the entire world. And so there's a sort of, uh, you know, you recognize, you can, uh, but, but, you know, that emphasize, emphasizing and celebrating and going to cemeteries and other stuff like that that was being suggested, um, I felt like that was overdoing it, if I'm. Okay. Right, so do you want to turn to the mailbag? All right. So now we had a response. So there was a, a some comments on that. Um, so this is from a very thoughtful listener. Uh, what are the limits of Akarasatov, both minimum and maximum, uh, depending upon the act? Uh, I, I guess what, what, what he means is, is that um, assuming that, I guess this is for you, right? The limits of Akarasatov. Uh, in terms of minimally, um, I was saying, and and that obviously Akar Satov has to be extremely um, apparent. I think that, you know, I always think in terms of children, young children, and then the developing as adults. I I think it's hard to uh, to sit people down and lecture them about Akar Satov. Uh, what I was really saying was that part of the curriculum of the schools moving forward is that the students be aware and be taught by their rebbeim as well the tremendous amount of akarasatov of what the rebbeim Sholem using the United States as the means of so much saving of so many Jews in, in such a great way. So the limits, um, I think that uh if you have god in the picture god definitely uses the shulchim the way he does but i think that the um i think it, it, it should be realistic it shouldn't be to the point that we praise abraham lincoln more than we praise god or praise uh, you know uh truman more than we praise god but i think it's in my mind i would say you would you know it, it, you should go through the full monte you should actually you should, you should be very, very uh, expressive about that. And I, I, I again, w- without deifying these, the, the founding fathers, yeah, I, I think you have to go pretty strong on Akara Satov. Uh, no, if I was going to create the minimum or maximum, I, I think I'd keep it more simple than your answer. Just the minimum would be um, do no harm. Right, that, that don't don't insult the country, don't degrade the country, don't create a chil Hashem. Those are all the those are all minimally be a decent law-abiding citizen who doesn't um, um, degrade the country. I'd say the maximum would be. I know you you said Abraham Lincoln versus God. I I, I would say more. Um, the maximum is at the point where you start feeling like you're more American than you are Jewish. 
Uh, and uh, that, that certainly is a is a maximum, and uh, maybe what you're saying as well. Just uh, uh, I think I think they go different. hand in hand. I would just respond back to your minimum. I don't consider that even a minimum. That's no lakarsatov at all. That's just you know that's just like you know be good because otherwise you're getting trouble. No, because in this country you're allowed to make fun of the country. It's not considered against the law. A person can make jokes about America, and I think that if you appreciate it, you hold back on those. You, you, you didn't talk about making jokes. You said before about being. You're saying about abiding by you're the right laws. law abiding, maybe. Okay. But what I said is, you can't degrade the country. You can't put the country down. You can't. I, I think minimally that a person should have at least the sense of appreciation where they obviously you can complain about things, but you can't put the country down. Okay, so I would just respond that unless you indoctrinate in a certain way or educate or indoctrinate in a certain way, I think the tendency of Latsonis creeps in. And as kids grow up and as they get older, especially, you know, both you and I have seen the parade of bozos who are our politicians often, it's very easy to degrade when we see them as, right, and, and we forget about the ideals and, and the greater points. So, um, okay, let's go on to the next point. Um, to what extent are Jews citizens of and included in other countries in their obligations? Well, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm happy that our listener, um, you know, used our conversation to think about this question. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting question because what it's really asking is, is the, the I, I think the concept of citizenship um, really has because uh, when we talk about the story of Mitzrayim, everyone always calls the Vayachzuba, right? That the the Jews they started living in Goshen, like this was they were where they were living, and then they make the comparison to Berlin being the new Yerushalayim. And, and I think that Jews have always been sensitive to this this idea of where where are you really living. And, and there's just some Jews who have said, listen, we're in exile. As long as we're in exile, we might as well live here in the best way that we can. And I think the question is, is how do we see that? How do we approach that? How do you talk to people about that? If they're, if they're so connected to whatever country they're living in, whether it be the United States or, or, or the United Kingdom or, or the United Arab Emirates. Whatever country you're living in, when you become a citizen of that country, you somehow um, belong there in a way, and whether that's okay or not. So you're, um, I mean, I, I would say if I was being asked this question, I would say the same idea again. It's not about what it says on a piece of paper. I think it has to do with what's going on in your head. And at the point where you start feeling like you, you, you're American who happens to be Jewish, which is the way that many Unfortunately, many Jews in America see themselves. I, I think at that point um, you've you've gone too far. Okay, look, uh, you know Hirsch has uh, has uh, sketched in his uh, Frankfurt community. I think a way. I don't know if it can be replicated here. I think there's a certain amount of yekisha um, seriousness that that doesn't <laughs> occur here in the United States. Um, but I think Hirsch uh, really showed. Uh, in that Frankfurt community, how people really saw themselves as German citizens and yet were very, very committed uh, to God and very committed to making a Kiddush Hashem in the world and to their their chiyuvim. Um, I, I do believe it's possible. I think, although, again, there is a, a cynical spirit, I keep on saying that, but I think that um, Jews can be complete, total citizens. Um, I think part of what the founding fathers 
uh, you know, and again, I use that term based on the term, that's what it's called, uh, you know, have created in their separation of church and state, but also their, their recognition of the significance of church is that there can be uh, quite a vibrant, important religious life uh, that can go and, and is no way a, a, a contradiction and that someone can be completely involved in and, and, and consider themselves a complete and total citizen of that country and have the pride in that country. You know, the next point that... I'm, uh, I'm going to interrupt you here. I'm not sure if I'm hearing an answer to the question. Though. I am answering the question because the, the, the answer is to what extent Jews are citizens of. I think that if they have their head on straight, they can be complete total citizens without any reservation. Even if they, even with the Rabbi Huda Levi feeling about, you know, Libi B'Mizrach, they can be complete, total citizens and love their country. Uh, and then I'll go to the third point, which is what participation should we have in the country's rituals, uh, non-religious rituals? And of course, I've made that point on the program and I'll, st- I'll stick by it. Um, look, I enjoy learning Torah. And I enjoy uh, giving shiurim and being involved in things. So if you ask me, oh, so you're going to go to the July 4th fireworks display? Or are you going to have your shir? So, okay, I'm going to have to tell you that since my job is to be a Rebbe and to give shiurim, I'm going to have the shir. However, I'm not going to in any way uh, disparage anyone who goes. And I think that I would encourage it. I would encourage people to go uh, to these displays and to really, in a way, soak in uh, the American feeling. And I think that participation can be done as long as it's not, uh, it goes against the surim. Obviously, you have to be Nizar and Histaklis and other sorts of other issues that come up. But uh, again, I go back to, you know, I'm sort of the same hammer. I think if we would have enough from people doing this, there should be a, there should be a whole group of from people going out uh, and, and finding a wonderful stretch of beach and they should actually have, you know, Satmar and some other from people going and doing their own. This is the, 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 this is the Jewish fireworks display for July 4th. I think it would be great. Yeah, yeah I think at that point, um, uh, it, it'll just be too much. But I, I don't know. I think we have to uh, clarify. Is the person asking about sort of communal things that you go to see? For example, if someone goes to watch a fireworks show on July 4th, they're just going, they, they may be going for entertainment purposes. I think the question comes much more down to what you just raised, which is should a Jew be presenting a fireworks show? And uh, you're almost suggesting that they should. I find that hard to accept. Okay. Well, it's not going to happen that <laughs> it's going to happen. But I think if it happens, I think you should accept it because this is our this is our sign of okay, we know you don't want to go to a fireworks show. Why not? Because there's going to be people in tank tops dressed in a way that uh, I don't want my, my child to see them. Okay, so I'll tell you what, we're going to have a, a fireworks display where we're going to have people dressed sneostic and men and women, maybe, you know, in a way that it's, that it's a kosher v'yosher, and we are showing our love of what this country is, and the fact is, is that the founding of this country uh, from British, sorry, common, imperialism, and what they meant was really a turning point in the history of the world, and it really... We don't have to rehash the whole story of the great American treason, but... But, 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 that, but that, whatever, treason though it might be to the colonies, Jews never uh, experienced anything like 
the welcoming and the and the influence no, that they all had here. Fine. All that's had, fine. But, and but, therefore, therefore, there's, I, I don't think there's anything you wrong. You have to proactively participate and create these programs. I, 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 I'm not sure about that. The same thing would be true, I guess, of uh, Turkey on Thanksgiving, which, again, everyone discusses whether you're allowed to. And I think the bigger deal, um, I guess, that we're dealing with is whether you're supposed to. And uh, and the going from you're allowed to to you're supposed to, I think that's that's a big jump. And I, I, I can't I say. Look, well, like I said, learning tire is the best of Zach. Look, I, it was a song that I, I one of the first songs I ever knew was you know about right. You know, learning tire is the best of Zach, even better than Olam Haba, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, Olam is a good Zach. Learning tire is the best of Zach. I am. I I'm not moving myself back from that. Otherwise, I'm not your Harusa. Well, I wasn't suggesting you were, but you're still um, suggesting that someone who is has the opportunity should create such programs. And that's- so instead of instead of using your July 4th day off to go to some event and go to the, you know, the, the newest uh, grill restaurant or whatever it is that's going on, yeah, I think it would be a great... Uh, it, to me, it would not only be a, a Kiddush Hashem, it would, it would create great American citizens, and that's what we need. And I think, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think your Mio and, and everyone would really be extremely proud of that because that's the way you need spectacle, you need images, you need events. Uh, mouthing it, especially when people are cynical about it and, and they see other actions, doesn't work. Okay, why don't you take the next question, Common? Okay. So we actually um, had a number of, uh, of texts and emails and comments that came in on our class on, uh, on marijuana. Yeah. So um, one of the listeners was challenging. the. Why, why don't we just give a little recount quickly? I think the point was that, uh, you know, I was saying that there needs to be a new, um, uh, a, a new, the, not, a new halachic and social response uh, to the reality that despite what Rav Moshe wrote so many years ago, we have to look at it from today's perspective and and seeing it differently, especially since it's already made so many inroads. Right, right? And, I think, and I think you were saying that we you were well. I was suggesting that uh, that we don't necessarily promote it, even if people are doing it. We don't have to turn it into something that uh, we're encouraging everyone to do. Right. But, but what's interesting again? This uh, um, one listener was challenging that we seem to take for granted that marijuana is, in terms of of uh, your health, that it's uh, relatively harmless. And uh, uh, this person was suggesting that uh, first of all, physically. It's actually a lot more harmful than than is admitted in the public uh, square, and number two, that the emotional health um, that 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 uh, it causes harm to people's emotional state of being. Either it numbs them to the world, or it uh, whatever. Again, the person just used the term emotional health, but I'm assuming that's what they mean is that people use it to escape from the world and get lost in this, and it it creates a sort of cloudiness that keeps the person um, uh, safe. Uh, at least some people feel safe in such a state. So we seem to have ignored all that and just pretended like uh, it's a perfectly fine thing to do. So I, I don't know if I want to respond necessarily from a medical perspective, but um, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question in a different form. How much of the fact that we will admit there are some physical health issues and clearly there are some emotional um, health issues. Why is that to you not a bigger factor than we allowed it to be in in that discussion? 
well, look, you know, we are, uh, you know, nothing that we do is, is, is perfect. And I think that uh, this is not like, you know, Rav Chaim didn't want to put out his Sefer on the Rambam until he had the most perfect Hidushim. Uh, I, I think we probably should have prefaced our, our, our great ignorance uh, into, you know, the exact uh, nature of, of, of the health dangers that marijuana has. Um, I think what we were responding to was the fact that, that you know, we, drinking, I think if people listen to the episode, that drinking kiddish clubs, uh, and 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 other things were not going to be verboten, and now that marijuana has become much more acceptable, that we needed a more realistic approach to it, considering what's happening and and, and the amount of marijuana use that's going on. So I I, I would question this person um, whether marijuana is worse than the people who have a drinking problem. Um, I think we were talking about recreational sometimes use of marijuana. We weren't talking about necessarily somebody being in a constant state of being high. Um, obviously, that is something that neither of us would sanction. Were we being reckless, not understanding it? I don't think so. I think that um, you know, we've seen what happens when kids get drunk. We've seen what happens to people who are boorish at kiddish clubs. And I think that the, 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 the making marijuana into this boogeyman uh, in many ways uh, allowed other sorts of um, excesses to happen. So well, I guess, I, I guess if, we I could guess. Do the, if we could do the show over, perhaps we should have had a little more medical expertise. Is, is that a good response or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if that's how you feel, I, I would just say, I think that I think that we did allow, and I'm in agreement with you, it wasn't really our subject, wasn't so much, you know, the, the health benefits, it wasn't, our question was, you know, now that the um, situation has changed, which it has, right, like it or not, should that adjust the halachic um, 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 guidelines, and I think we, both of us were in agreement that the halachic guidelines should change, we, we may have disagreed about where those guidelines should go to, but but I, I think in terms of the person asking the question, I, I do think we, we weren't dealing with, with the health issues. Although I, I will concede in one place is that we, um, you're bringing up the issue of alcohol. And and I do think that whenever there's a discussion of alcohol, there, there, there does need to be a greater emphasis on the fact that there is, that does exist an issue in our community of addiction um, certainly when it comes to alcohol, and um, unfortunately the same is true of a number of other addictions. And I, I do think that even without being um, you know, experts in health, that um, as, as um, both of us being rabbis, we should acknowledge and mention that there are actually serious issues within the community of addictions and, uh, and people who have, um, you know, Put themselves into a place where they are now harmed as a result of it and there should be a stronger warning about it and there should be just as much as we talk about halachic guidelines there should be um, social emotional guidelines the rabbis should be there to say to someone hey you know you look like you've uh, you're showing up um, on uh, by the time it comes to um, Shabbos Mincha you're showing up looking like you just spent all day in a in a bar 
So we should be able to approach people who are maybe overusing drugs in the same way. And, right. and talk Although, about- you know, and you're right, it's possible that they might decide to light up or, or other other ways to ingest the marijuana. I think, you know, to me, you know, if I'm proud of that program, although I don't remember it completely, what I'm proud about the fact is that we took out the true remission and we read it, that we learned it together. And I think we, we showed that there are definitely elements that show their age at this point. I, I also think that, Again, I, I I think going back and discovering Rav Moshe's Chuvas is a very important uh, enterprise, and it's important to see his Mahalach Psak. As you know, on our uh, on my platform, there is a rabbi in, in Boston, Rabbi Clapper, who's now doing a whole series about how Rav Moshe, the art of Rav Moshe's Psak. I think it's a it's, it's a great exercise, but I think it's also correct to encourage Rabbonim and Paiskim to not just say, well, here's what Rav Moshe said, and this is, the, this is going to be how we're going to structure this. You find, if you go through the history of, of, of Chuvas, that's not the way everything worked. You know, the, the, they, the, they might mention, and I saw this Chuva from the Noidi Behuda, but the Chsam Seifer was willing to approach things straightforward. And again, the, the same way no one was going to question the Nebuchadnezzar's superiority in his generation, some cipher would, 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 would begin it from his approach, mention the Nebuchadnezzar, but then expand in his own way and deal with the question differently. Now, and the later Darius would put them both together, as opposed to what I think what's happening here is sort of like a paralysis and, 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 and realizing that Rav Moshe's Psak isn't his usual thorough complete, you know, uh, and we talked about the parts of the Psaac that I thought in many ways were meta-halachic and weren't necessarily built on the the, the, the pure halachic principles. And, and and therefore, marijuana needed to be uh, uh, dealt with again. And people shouldn't have to be scared. Oh, how could you be chaybuk with Ramesha? How could you say something different than Ramesha said? I think Ramesha himself and Ayul Ma'amis is saying, yo, say something different. If you have a point, let's hear it. I don't think, I think, I think Ramesha would object to his deification and, and and using what he wrote then in those you know that those short sentences to paralyze the Doris from really responding to a situation and and therefore I think we end up looking like like like, like we're so bottled up we don't have rabbanim we don't have people that that can write we don't have people that could that can give direction and I think that's I think that was really if if anything that's what I would say is the contribution of what we did. Okay, well, I, I, if I may, I hear you. Um, if I may tie this into another question um, that someone asked, and this is, I don't know if you even want to answer this, but um, a number of people... I don't, has there ever been a question I didn't... You say I don't really answer the questions, but I guess I, in my own way, I try to fumble my way through. But go ahead, yes. Well, you're ahead. giving an answer. It just may not be for that particular question. <laughs> you're so kind. You're so kind. You, you haven't learned how my mind works yet, have you? Okay, go ahead. Well, we'll do the art of Bremel's Psakim. The art. Speaking of speaking of Psak, so the, the, a number of people asked. So, are either of you rabbis saying that halachically one is permitted to use marijuana? In other words, don't avoid and give all discussions. Is what this person is asking because that's what we did in that discussion. But were you or were you not saying that the halacha has changed and now it's allowed? Yeah. Okay. Look. Look. We probably should, uh, you know, unscripted, just give up sock. I'm not ready to do that. Um, and and, however, you know, I think that if 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 I was this came to my desk, not that I'm the one that it's, it's going to come to. I I think that we have to be ready to pasquin. 
um, as a rabbi? Is this above my pay grade? I don't think so, but I probably haven't studied it enough to be able to to to, to, to be machria. If if I if if I be pushed to the wall, and and say the guy who lights up and 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 decides one night he had a difficult day at work, whatever it is, and he comes home and he smokes a joint, and um, and drifts off. Has he done a Maisa Isser by smoking that joint? If you'd have to add, push to the wall, I'd say no. He probably did not do a Maisa Isser. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, and again, ba- but if you listen to the people who keep on uh, parroting Rav Moshe, they'll tell you, oh, you were just over this Isser. Uh, and even though it's not Mafurish, you just became like a Ben Sayyamari, became a Zovel, you became a Sove. That's part of what Rav Moshe says, that even though you can't, right? right. So I, I, I would say, if somebody would ask me, Rebbe, I came home last night, I smoked a joint. I'd say, okay, good. Look, don't make a big habit out of it. I don't think you have to clap al I would say you did not do an Isser. I, I, I don't think I'm very far from you. I, I would say, number one, that it, it shouldn't be uh, me who makes this decision. You know, there's, a, there's official postkim for Klal Yisrael, and then there's individual postkim. But what I will say is I'm in agreement with you that I can confidently say that what we cannot, we can no longer say, Ramosha says it's us or so it's us. That's over. I think that's over. I think that uh, the situation has changed enough that we need a reass. And it may still be that the rabbis will conclude that it's still prohibited, but not based on that ruling that was given, based on the situation that existed um, all that time ago. However, if someone were to ask me, you know, was it what I, what I would say is, for those who are listening, anyone who wants my opinion would have to ask me individually. Because I don't think that this is at that kind of place where you can even give a blanket header for everyone. But if someone was to call me, I'd have to talk to them about it. So I think in that way, that is a little different than what you were saying. Yeah, okay. Well, look, Psak is, is, is an art. As much as you, you know, made fun of that idea, there is an art to it. And it really depends on who you are talking to. Okay, now we have another question here. And I guess this is mostly an attack on what I was saying. Now, we, gave, we did a program about tweaking the two holidays, and of course, one is not really a yontif, but has, you know, has been, in Eretz Yisrael has become that, which is Yom Yerushalayim and Shavuos. And we talked about how there should be changes in that. And then Yom Yerushalayim, once again, uh, among the, we're assuming that, you know, from the more yeshivish, orthodox, from belt, there should be a greater um, understanding about the nisim of Yom Yerushalayim, and it should be a day uh, of involvement, uh, whatever your feelings about, you know, the Geula and the Medina, Yom Yerushalayim should be something that is, is, is much more celebrated. Um, I think that was my perspective on that. Um, right. Uh, I myself did not think very much of uh, that perspective. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I felt like, um, you know, I, I think, I, you I, know, I think I, okay, I, one, day you'll, one day you'll think very much and still disagree. I don't care if you disagree, but when you say you don't think very much of it, I, I, no, listen, I, 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 I think very much of many things you say, and, uh, and I, <laughs> you don't have to. I, th- okay, you don't have to. I like- appreciate all that you've taught me. I just think that in that in that particular case, yeah. I can't agree with with any of it. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, 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 go back and listen to the show, everybody, and you'll hear that I think part of Kalman's inability has to do with his age and not really having been there 
in 67. And I think I, I, sp I spoke about the, the incredible uh, sense of, 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 of God's presence and, and everything that was connected to it. And I think that that, to me, from a, from a mystical standpoint, I think the, the Eurus of Geula are still there. And I think that we can be malak at them if we go back and, and, and feel it. And I think that... Uh, I think it is possible to get it. Anyway, here's the question. With what's been going on in Yerushalayim, riots and a 50-year court case to get property back, how do we have full control? Okay. Um, I guess the question, how do you call that full control, right? How, how do you say we have young Yerushalayim the day we got back Yerushalayim when we don't have Yerushalayim? Right? We have riots whenever Jews try to go on the Temple Mount and all, all these other... And look what's been happening um, over the last few months. So how do you call that? How do you celebrate Yom Yerushalayim? I think that's a all right. So I this, guess directed at you. Yeah. Okay. Look, you know, we all know that. Um, you know, I lived in Chicago for twenty years, and even though I say, and I say from Chicago with pride, you know, you know, there are people who listen and still ask me, "Did you go to Chicago like over the week?" No, no. It's it's still from Chicago, um, and and for years. When I when I was in Chicago, I would travel and, and I would meet people from other Jewish places and you know wherever I would go. And of course, and you probably get this as well, they they take their hands and they make a machine gun noise, right? Chicago. <laughs> never got that? That never happened to you, Kalman? Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> happened to me consistently. In other words, people uh, I understand Chicago is referred to by some as Chirac. Right. It's, it's equated with violence. It's equated with everybody knows, and people will talk, isn't it dangerous there? Like I would go to places when I went, went to Israel and other places, and and uh, when I went in '92, and they would come to me and say, "How do you do that? Uh, right? What, do you have do you have bars on your on your windows? Like like what sort of what sort of plexiglass do you have on your cars?" And I said, "Look, you know, you hear about these things." And it's obviously, you know, the news always wants to emphasize uh, the story that sounds negative, that sounds great, that sounds like grave and, and, and dangerous. I don't, we all, okay, it was, uh, we, we don't deny that there were riots. We don't deny the fact that the, that the Palestinians can throw rocks and, and it's difficult. But I think the, the general aspect of Yerushalayim is incredible. Even during the Gaza war that just happened, I was speaking to your Shalmis. Yes, they were frustrated. They were frustrated with, 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 with the response and with, with what they were hearing from certain quarters. But there's so much more positive than there is negative. And even though it's, we don't have complete control and it's not the Gaula yet, but there's so much that we do have. Just just drive by the palace, the the the, the where the Knesset is, uh, the 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 area there. Uh, go check out the 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 the, the rails, you know, the, the 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 train that they have there now, and just in general, the 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 beauty of the parks, uh, and 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 just take a look and go to the Bells Bismedrish, and stand there and take a look at what you're able to to see. There's so much wonder about Yerushalayim and it, whether it's the old unique neighborhoods or the new building that's going on or if you go to Shuafat or um, uh, which is has another name which is called I don't know if describing more and more about how beautiful Yerushalayim is is going to answer this question I think it does right? because uh, because does. because the question is you're talking about victory and ownership and 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 control of the land 
and and you're making a celebration of a day that you regain control of a specific city as if the and yet the Temple Mount Harabais. Hold on, I, I mentioned before, that was another okay, that was another discussion that we had. That's all related to the concept of Yom Yerushalayim. So telling me we have bells is no consolation, right? Yerushalayim the Amcha Lecharpa Chalsbi Vesenu. It's 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 not it's not. Um, it's not hair. Not where we wanted about. to be. Okay, but it's still still beautiful and great and magnificent. Okay, and okay. as I mentioned, I think in this program that we should at least create possibilities. And I mentioned this to you about possibilities of going to Harabayas as long as we don't go into the areas that your chayef carries for in the Azara and encourage people to go to. The it's not about whether you are going or not going halachically. It's about who has control. So okay, we okay. so the point was we need to exercise that control and create the halachic uh, reality. And I'm talking and, about you're, again. You're going back to who can go there. We're talking about who actually has control. We the do. Jordanians no, they control. don't. Common. This is not 1946, 48. This is <laughs> we control it. The Jordanians don't control it. We gave the we gave the the the, the waqf the control over uh, the the. Uh, the Harabayas. That was Isn't a mistake. that what we're saying? They're not Jordanians. They're they 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 live in Eretz Israel. They live in Israel. I understand. They're, they're Israeli citizens. They're, they're Israeli citizens, and we should. I I am actually for eliminating that and and and, and creating a situation where we can actually celebrate being on Harabayas. Yeah, and you know what? When when that happens, I I will I will lose half my argument. But until that happens, but we can do it though. We already have the ability to do that. The fact it's paspasalo. Yom Yerushalayim, the victory of 67, gave us Paspasalo. The only thing that, yes, it is. The if, only you thing have to, if you have to deal with the United Nations coming down on the state of Israel. Oh, come on. They come down on us for everything. It doesn't make a difference. It would it, be different if we would retake full control of the Temple Mount. I, I think you'd have a different situation. Which we can do. And you never know. Maybe this government will do that. You can never know. Maybe Bennett and company, I don't know how, but you never know. We're, stranger things have happened. You never know is not a reason to create a holiday. The ability to do that, yes. The ability, the fact that we have the Kaisal, the fact that we have Harabayas, we've decided to give them control, but it's because we decided to give them control. We have Pachad about, uh, about Hasbara, we have Pachad about public opinion, but that we could actually put our cold shoulder to public opinion, which we couldn't do before 67. And therefore, the events of 67 was the Yad of the Hashkoch El Yonah giving us back the area that never lost Kedusha. And as Kedusha from the time of Shlomo Melech and David Melech, the Kedusha that never is lost, like the Rambam says. And therefore, we should celebrate Again, that. I, I, that's just the running around the, the question. I'm not they running around at all. No, I'm not running around at all. I think that, look, should there be more? Yes. Should we exercise our rights? Yes. Does that mean the fact that we haven't exercised our rights is a piracha on the whole Yom Yerushalayim? Yeah, I'm saying the fact that we're about to have the three weeks in Tishabah, which is not just Churban Beis Amikdash, but also about Churban Yerushalayim. And we're going we're gonna to sit on the floor crying about the fact how Yerushalayim is not where it needs to be. In fact, it's still considered in destruction. 
relative to what we're looking for. So to make a yamtiv out of it is it's, it's, uh, is overdoing it. All right, look, the Nusach HaTfilo Chochem Avadia and others have tried to be matzdigit. Uh, I think, again, I, I am... Yeah, I, I know we've had I, this discussion, I, but I, I'm going with I, where the sitter is now. What it says in the sitter <laughs> is that Yerushalayim is burning. I think we should be Mishana, as Rechaim David Alevi and others have said, I think we need to be Mishana that Nusach, uh, and, and not to be Dever Shkarim. You had the, the Dafyomi just recently, where the Gemara talked about the idea that, you know, you can't uh, you can't be Machsiv in front of the Rabbeinu Shalom, uh, and the Again, talking. you can't create a lishitascha here, right? You, you consider it to be a lie, and then you're complaining that you're telling lies. It's not a lie. Yerushalayim is a mess. It, 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 it's, it's okay. Let's not. If I if I'm going to take out, I think we did this last year already, where I took the nusach out, or I did this with Bechaver. We took you the nusach out. Yeah, you know, uh, that's not true. Okay, it was, and I think that the fact is, is that we need to tell more no, people. No, no, I, I, again, I, I don't think we should have this debate again, but I, I do think that that it's all relative to what Yerushalayim is supposed to be. And if we don't celebrate... You, you can't be happy with Yerushalayim as it is now, because Yerushalayim is not the way it's supposed to be. You can be happy that it's not what it was, but that's not enough of a, a reason to make a yamtiv. For a yamtiv, Yerushalayim has to be where we want it to be, or at least looking like something. No one's turning it into a yamtiv like the Shoah Shregolem. But if we don't celebrate it, we're not going to be motivated to push even further. We need to realize the great Matana the Rabbi Yerushalayim gave us, and it is mostly positive. These news events that we hear from the Chutzlarts is because that's what sells. That's what sells uh, you know, underwear or whatever it is they're selling on the news because people want to hear the negative. There's so much more positive, and that's really what Yom Yerushalayim allowed us to have Yerushalayim completely and totally. And okay, um, I think the next question is for you. Yeah, so th- I guess this is the last question, which is uh, why does it seem like I always get the easier side to argue? Meaning, Kalman uh, Warsh, that I always seem to get the easier side to argue, and you. You seem to take the hard side. Well, I would say, before you get a chance to respond, I would say that I think the sides are equal. Maybe I just do a better job of presenting my side so that it looks like it's the easier side. Okay, yes, thank you, Kalman. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know who decides what's better, who answers better or not. Um, I think people need to realize that, um, and everybody knows that, you know, podcasts and, and programs are, are a way of distilling real personality, at the same time, to, uh, discussing things that hopefully push the listener to a place that they weren't before. Uh, they don't all, they, they are crafted in a way that there's got to be a, a yin and a yang. Everyone knows that if, if we would just schmooze about, hey, I like that, don't you? Yeah, I like that too. That would not really be much of a program. So in order for this program to work, we have to decide in advance which side each of us are going to take. Okay, so let's be honest. Uh, and and often uh, you'll say, or I'll say, I'll take this side, you'll take that side. And I'm willing, and maybe it's because as much as I call you fearless and courageous, I'm willing to take a side that might be more difficult to um, defend. Now, does that mean, one second. Listen, you, you are willing to make aliens real. Right? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, are you saying that that was just part of uh, part of uh, you know trying to to be sensational? 
Uh, I we, wouldn't say sensational, but at least to be packaged in a way that people could listen to I mean, it. Here two I, I think that that's when that person reacted because you were you were um, taking this position that for me it was really easy to say. Nah, you know what? Uh, at most, it's some classified um, advanced technology. But you were willing to go further than that, and the uh, the question was: Are you really believing it? And and uh, how did you end up in that position where you okay, have to so, so again, the belief okay. that there's actually aliens out there? Look, look, look again, I, I will say the following. I don't think that I've ever in this many, many years of doing the Chavrusa show um, got up here and uh, argued for something that I felt was completely wrong and that I did it just in order for sensational reasons. What I would say, however, is that there are, are there are opinions that I might not necessarily have articulated in such a stark manner had it not been for the expediency of having a program where there can be actually two sides. So, yes, I, I will pick a side that I probably, I guess if psychologists will say, hey, you know, you probably went to a side that you were probably were mentally and emotionally more connected to than the other side. And I, I, I'll admit that. But I think that our listeners need to know that if they would meet us together, they would probably be surprised by how much we are, uh, that the edges are blunted uh, on the points that, that, that we make, that, uh, and, and which is fine. Does that mean we're phonies? No, it just means that, you know, we, 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 we push a certain aspect of ourselves in order for you, whoever's listening, uh, to get a benefit of hearing two possibilities. You know, I, I absolutely have to agree with you on this, even though you're my chavrusa, that, that if you're going to pick a side to argue, you have to be able to properly argue that side and, and present its rationale, even if there are elements within it that you would maybe believe otherwise. I, I agree with you. But, but the question is still that um, more often than not, you seem to have the burden of of pushing those boundaries beyond okay. where most people so, will feel safe with it. Okay, so look, I would say that's probably a little bit in my persona uh, to and and, and 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 you know if somebody would make a psychological study, I think I, you know, I I think I probably have adopted ideas which other people might find out there. Um, and by the way, just to comment on this one specifically about UFOs, I think there has been, especially if you listen to Megan Kelly's most recent podcast and other podcasts about this, there has been an incredible amount of discussion, descriptions. Uh, and if you hear them, and again, I, they can do a much better job than I can, talking about the impossibility of our technology to be able to do what these crafts, or whatever you want to call them, uh, have been able to do in terms of their height, in terms of their movement, in terms of their speed. And, and the people that are saying this are, are, are dyed-in-the-wool uh, military scientific people. They aren't people that are, you know, conspiracy theory nuts walking around with, you know, uh, you know aluminum foil on their heads. And it is, yeah, and, and therefore, I think what I was putting out there, which was the, um, the, the, the Rambam's opinion and others, about the possibility of other worlds and other planets and other beings there, I thought was something that was a very good, humbling and important exercise uh, uh, that I, I think enhances uh, our Yiddishkeit rather than um, diminishes it. So, yeah. So I guess, I mean, I think that, 
maybe maybe the uh, person who asked the question maybe has more of an affinity towards the other direction and is therefore uh, pushed to ask the question in that way. Uh, I wonder if there's any listeners out there who believe that maybe I was going uh, a little too far in some cases. Look, and, look. and uh, again, I want to encourage uh, anyone else who's uh, listening, feel free to send in your comments. You may even make it onto the show. Yeah, well, we'd love to have people, and I'm sure it could only spice up the chillant that we're cooking here. I just say one well, look, you know, to, to be totally honest, and I, I try to be, and again, I've, I've tried to, part of this this last summer, this last program of our season is in a way, you know, I remember um, when I was a kid, one of the programs that I really enjoyed was the old Carol Burnett show. I don't know if you've ever seen any episodes of the old Carol Burnett show. It was, it, it, it was the most popular um, variety show. In fact, all the variety shows ended up falling by the wayside. And the Carol Burnett show was the last one standing. The very last episode of the season, uh, Carol would, would put on her, um, her character of this, the, the cleaning lady which was a character she made famous on another program. But this was the cleaning lady uh, character and she would be in an empty studio. And that was the last, and, and you saw, you know, the, you saw the illusion disappeared on the last program. And you can see, you know, the, the, the people that were part of her, her company would say goodbye to her and they would go off for the summer. Um, you know, uh, and to me, when I saw this, this breaking the fourth wall was so moving to me because this was a show that we watched religiously. And the last program was showing you that in a way it's all theater. And here is this person in this empty theater. There's no audience anymore. There's no people laughing. And of course she's doing an act as well. You know what I'm saying? So on one hand, she's breaking the fourth wall, but the other hand, she's still a character. I see this episode as that, as those final Carol Burnett episodes in a way. Um, Yes, I think it's important for people to realize what we structure, what we put up. Uh, at the same time, we're still recording here, and we're still, in a way, in character. But we're in character, but we're breaking character at the same time. I don't know if 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 if, if, if you hop what I'm saying, but I no, no, I, I understand. I so, understand so, so, so 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 I think, so, that, I think so, that's part of the uh, um, what makes this show so much fun to do is the fact that we are here to represent an idea, a concept, and ourselves to a certain extent. But at the same time, you know, we are chavrusas and friends, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's great to interact with you in this way. Yeah, and therefore, if, if I would say, okay, why is it that you took the safe position and I took the less safe position? So what I would say is, obviously, I felt an affinity. But the other thing is, I think, Kalman, and again, you can you can disagree here, but I think part of it is I think your position is it's it's important for you. Like the same way you had an objection to me referring to the cathode tube as a, as a big mammary gland that a person who would absorb television, you you're you're much more in the day to day public space than I am. You know, I'm. It's true. I give shiurim at night, and there are people that come there. But I'm much more in, you know, my platform. You know, I'm much more in that in the cyber world. So in that sense, I think it's easier for me to adapt something which might be a little bit more, if not controversial, but a little bit more obscure and strange. Whereas I think you are. It's necessary for you to keep your uh, credibility 
within the people because because you're still in that people stage. I don't I don't know if inappropriate euphemisms is is the is the divide between them. <laughs> Boy, you don't let go the inappropriate. What's you, wrong? You, you wrote it up again. I wasn't going to bring it up. What is inappropriate? I don't know what's inappropriate about about that. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> saying that word, which I see you're so scared about, is is not such a problem. But again, you haven't. Again, you're tap dancing around what I'm saying. I think that 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 considering where you are, considering the Illinois Center of Jewish Studies and everything else that you're doing, I think it's it, 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 it behooves you to to play it safe. Whereas what I'm doing, you know, you know, I, I you know, I'm pushing the liberal edge and maybe even the kooky edge in your mind, because really I have much less to lose. And I, I I don't know if you would agree to that. I, I mean, are you asking if I agree? Which one of us has more to lose? Uh, <laughs> Where we are in position now, despite I, this I, program. I understand. It, 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 I mean, I guess I, I am m- much more sensitive to these things. I don't know if it's necessarily because of, of my role and position, or maybe it's just the nature of who I am. Uh, I'm, you know, for, for a little bit more... Um, um, bashfulness to a certain extent, but also uh, um, uh, a, a little bit of holding back, and maybe you're you're a little more open with it. I I, I can accept that. I, I think that if we were to compare each other, certainly, is that enough for to to explain? I, I don't know. I, I I mean, you didn't always take that side. Uh, you know, there I don't know. If you, you look at the old Chavrusa shows, I think generally I was the more I would say forward, more liberal one than you would. You would generally take the more like the Thanksgiving yeah, show, I, I think, the I Thanksgiving think, show, I think which general, I think is right. That's what the Vorte say about Avram Avinu. Hashem says to please do the Akeda. And why does that one get a please as opposed to the other ones? Because all the previous ones were Hashem expecting Avram to show some kind of chesed. This one was Avram was being asked to do the opposite of his of his nature. And and just that one time being able to do it against your nature shows that all the previous times that you were doing it were not necessarily just because of your nature. I, th- I think that if you take one side 100% of the time, then there's a concern that maybe you're too, uh, it's too lopsided. But if even once or twice you're willing to take the other side, then that can show that the reason why you're taking those sides is because you actually genuinely lean in those directions and not just because you want to take the safer side. Look, I would say that human beings are complex and from one moment to the other and from one day to the other, there's a lot of change that occurs. And I think that, you know, listeners and other people, I think should be wary. First of all, recognizing that what you're seeing presented here isn't necessarily the person themselves. But secondly, don't necessarily assume that, oh, I know where this person is going. I can anticipate based on what this person's past is. I think that uh, one thing I think we should probably promote and maybe do more of is flipping the script. And in many ways, letting people realize that, you know, I I can't necessarily pigeonhole someone. You know, one of the people that um, I listen to in the podcast world, and I I admire him, although he, he sometimes grates on me, is Ben Shapiro. And you know that Ben Shapiro, of course, is uh, an Orthodox Jew, and he, of course, he's. I wish he'd be quiet sometimes, but I think that 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 Ben Shapiro, if there is a negative to Ben, despite you know his grating voice and the way he's a shill for all these products, I think the one negative I think that I feel is that he's very 
you can anticipate that he's what he's going to say almost right he's he's pretty much you know repetitive and i think if if, if one thing i can learn what not to do is to mix it up and i think that that's well, probably I, I don't know if you have to go on any personal attacks on any uh i'm not attacking him i'm just saying that with ben shapiro on his voice or our comments on his voice right? okay I, mean, I, I don't think it's part of the medium look part of the medium People don't mind listening to you. That's part of the thing. It's 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 an it's an R or He has many more listeners than the Chavrusa show. Despite his grating voice, despite the whininess in his tone, uh, that may be the way you hear it. Uh, uh, again, I <laughs> again, Mister Conservative <laughs> here. Look, my point is is that ben, with Ben Shapiro, the listeners, I'm not t- saying anything about his opinions. I'm just saying, but it doesn't have to become personal. Right. The, okay. I don't think I was getting personal. The listeners know what they're going to get. And that's one of the reasons they come back there. I would like the Chavrusa, if it continues, and I hope it does, to be something where you're not sure what you're going to get. And it's not so expected. I know these people and I like listening to them, but I can't pigeonhole them and say, oh, I know where he's going to go with this. I think that that, uh, that sense of too much comfort really means you're not really listening anymore to the nuances and the subtleties. I think the questions that that we received here tells us that we're probably doing something right, because I think people are uh, responding and sensing the weaknesses and the strengths of what it is that's going on. So uh, here's to another great season, hopefully coming up soon, with my uh, fine Chavrusa from England himself, uh, Rabbi Coleman Walsh. And Michael uh, Rusa, the uh, brave and courageous as well, as well as the one maybe leaning a little too far on the edge of Avram Kivalevich. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Be well, everyone. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 